Welcome sports fans to the hottest sports podcast in the game, JT and the Don, with your hosts, Jimmy Thompson and Donato Bucci. They're covering the most current issues in sports from the 305 to the 412 and all the way to the West Coast. You can follow them on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at JT and the Don or email them at JT and the Don at gmail.com. Now take it away, guys. Welcome to the next episode of JT and the Don. I am the Don, Donato Bucci. And remember to subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, the iHeartRadio app, and whatever platform you listen to all of your other favorite podcasts. And remember to please give us a five-star review. I know it's been a while since we've recorded a show here on JT and the Don, so I know everyone's waiting for this. So let me welcome in everyone's favorite JT, Jimmy Thompson. How you feeling today? Feels good to be back. I know it's been a while since we've uh, done this, so I'm going to take it easy on you today. I'm not going to say anything rude, at least in the beginning. Depends on if you piss me off later on in the show. So we'll see how that goes. But it is good to be back on talking with you. I mean, I'm just really interested to see what outrageously wrong things you're going to say today. Well, it looks like you're back in the Orlando studio finally. I mean, we're paying the bill there and you never use it because you're Mr. World Traveler. So I'm glad you're finally back. Maybe you'll actually be focused here on the show. So what, what do we got first? Oh, man, he's just going to jump right into it. So can we talk about the NFL? Of, I mean, of course, we're in the middle of it. Come on. All See, right, why do you got to ask those questions? Just I'm go just into asking. it. I, just I go I, into it. I don't it. know how prepared you are. I haven't, I haven't talked with you about this in a while, so I just got to make sure you're ready. But you said we can talk about the NFL, so let's do it. So let's go right to the NFL. Um, this is our really our first time talking about it all season, but – I just want to jump right into uh, the top three surprises that stand out to you. I know we're only three weeks into the season, but these top three surprises could be um, a specific player, a uh, team, or just a, a storyline in general. Like what three things are surprising you so far early in the season? Yeah, it is early on. So, I mean, some of these things, we may be all over we the page. stupid by Thursday night. <laughs> You're right. We may be all over the page here. I'm going to start with the Carolina Panthers, JT. 3-0, and Sam Darnold's looking like the QB the Jets thought they had drafted. He has through three games. Ready for this, JT? 888 passing yards, only three touchdowns, but only one interception. And, I mean, the Saints or, or Carolina beat the Saints, and – Matt Rule has this team playing hard. I told you I liked him as a coach as soon as they hired him from and his never initial. Never let me forget that. As a matter of fact, he texted me uh, what, last week, Thursday Night Football. Oh, I told you Matt Rule was good. I was like, yes, every time the Panthers win a game, you don't have to tell me Matt Rule is a good coach. I've given you credit for that call. But, yes, officially, again, I'll acknowledge it. I do like the hire. Thank you. Uh, one last thing with that team, the defense only giving up 191 yards per game. That's number one in the NFL and only 10 points per game, which they have the number two scoring defense by only allowing 10 points per game. My second one is the Houston Texans being competitive, JT. I mean, they're one and two, but they only had a 10-point loss to the Browns. They, um, they did struggle a little bit against Carolina without – uh, Tyrod Taylor, but everyone thought without Deshaun Watson, it was going to be a blowout. Season, it was going to be a blowout. They were going to be the 0 and 16 team. 0 and 17. 0 and 17, 17 right? Me. Got to so update. I, but Tyrod 
he keeps doing it again. Like this guy can start in the NFL. It's just the injury bug is really crushing him, right? So medical malpractice, but we'll talk about that another day. <laughs> but they've stayed within striking range in all three games. And this week, let me put this to you, JT. What do you like here? They're at Buffalo. I think they're like 16 and a half point underdogs. That's a lot in the NFL. Do you like the points there? What's the weather looking like? I don't think it's going to be terrible in the Northeast this this weekend. I think a lot of people are looking forward to that weather. So there's no snow in the forecast. It's no, I mean, like, is it going to be really windy? Is it going to be raining? Because, you know, like, I don't think. Yeah, I don't think either one. I think it'll be pleasant. It'll be a pleasant fall day in Western New York. I can see Buffalo putting up 42, and I can see the Texas probably putting up like 24, 28 points. All right. So this guy is basically saying it's going to be close, but take Buffalo. All right, and the third one is, and we were actually in a group chat uh, discussing this earlier today, Mike Williams. JT, great info, I believe, from our guy, Chad, all right, our our NFL uh, expert, one of our NFL experts, second highest fantasy uh, points as a receiver, and he's looking like that number one they thought they drafted. Seventh overall, he has 22 catches, 295 yards, four touchdowns through three games, and the Chargers are two and one. So big shout out to Mike Williams. Those are, those are my top three surprises right now. Yeah, absolutely. And this is not a fantasy football conversation, but damn, how wrong were we on Mike Williams? Just overall, like you never know how new coaches are going to use players. And that's the prime example, but I'll agree with you. Um, you stole obviously one of my answers. Um, it's the Panthers. I mean, and Sam Darnold, I guess that's what happens when you go from Adam Gase and the Jets to Matt Rule, who is the greatest coach of all time, according to Don. He will never let you forget that. I didn't say that. that. I didn't say that. let you forget that. But, no, it is. Like, to see Sam Donald turn around, like, number three overall pick, you know, everybody thought, you know, he was just done. Like, he couldn't play in the league. And now he could be the comeback player of the year. Like, it's, it's his award to lose at this point. And he's doing this probably, you know, without Christian McCaffrey for the next couple games. And I, I don't think they're – in danger of losing any of those games without playing without McCaffrey. So definitely them. And then to add another thing to the defense, um, I agree with you. The defense has been uh, ridiculously good this year. They also lead the league in, um, I think, pressure rate. So that lets you know, like, they're getting they're getting in the quarterback's face. When you get pressure, mistakes happen. So that's attributing to their defensive success. So, yeah, I, I want to see if they can keep it up. Quick question, do you think they can win the division? I know they're in there with the Bucks. Do you think there's a shot? I think there's a shot, but without McCaffrey now, I'm a little worried. So there's a shot, though. There's a shot. It's a slim shot, but there's a shot. All right. Uh, my other surprise is got to be the Raiders. And it pains me because they just beat my Dolphins in a game that, quite frankly, I didn't think we deserved to be in. But that's another conversation. They're 3-0. and Derek Carr is looking like an MVP. I'm glad that I actually put some money down for him to win while I was in Vegas because it's looking like a good investment three weeks into the season, but Derek Carr, I mean, everybody's always doubting him. They forgot what it was four or five years ago before he broke his leg. He was an MVP candidate that year too. So we know he can do it. It's just how was he fitting with John Gruden? And I feel like they're clicking now and he's leading the league in passing yards and their defense got better. Like they have a pass rush. I don't know what, I don't know what's going on in the secondary, but (laughs) they're getting in people's faces. Max Crosby might be defensive player of the year along with Aaron Rodgers. I mean, this is not what anybody expected. So the Raiders being undefeated and beating the teams they beat, the Raiders, us, like Miami has a good defense. 
regardless of what you think about the quarterback situation, like the Dolphins play defense, you know, every game the Raiders have won has been legit and like they could win that division. So that is not what I expect. Do you think, do you think they're contenders or pretenders? I think they're contenders. See, I think they're pretenders. I, I think when you win those type of close games too many times, when you start to get into your divisional games, you're going to start to lose. And that defense, you're right. It's like it changed overnight, but they have played some atrocious offensive lines early yeah. on. That Pittsburgh offensive line is atrocious. The Dolphins isn't the greatest either. And, and they Baltimore have no one. in flux, I get Yeah, that. And, and Baltimore didn't even have Ronnie Stanley that night. So, But you know what, though? I will say this. I believe you told me this two years ago when he was a rookie. You were like, I mean, obviously we saw it because he had a good season. And you're like, hey, that Max Crosby kid is going to be special. And then you wonder what happened to them last year on defense. He was kind of going through this like sobriety thing where he got himself right. And you see a different guy this year. I mean, if you can get pressure on quarterbacks in the NFL, you always got a chance to win games. And if you're yep. playing good on offense, you can you can win some games. Like, to be honest with you, that's what that's how the Chiefs build their team. Let's let Mahomes score and let's let our defense try to get some pressure. And then we'll live with the consequences of what happens. And then right. the third thing that I'm surprised on, and we'll talk about this a little bit later, so I won't delve too deep into it is the disappointing performances of all these rookie quarterbacks. I mean, this is the most hyped up rookie class probably ever. And all these guys were expected to come in and at least show us what the QBs did last year as rookies. Like I don't see a Joe Burrow. I don't see a Trevor Lawrence. I don't even see a Tua that one had a winning record last year in this class. Like these guys don't look like they're going to get to that level of success as rookies. So those three things are my top surprises. Well, but the I wanna, 80, well, the 83 class was probably the most yeah. hype, but it was deservingly so. I mean, yeah. Elway, Kelly, Marino. So, yeah, I mean, I get it. But I mean, this they think people were saying this class could be like that class as True. far as hype. OK, yeah. So far, it's not looking like that. But turn it the other way. What are let's just say disappointments? Give me three disappointments so far. So my first one right off the bat in the nation's capital here in the D.C. studios, the Washington football team defense. JT, they're giving up 432 yards per game. That's ranked 31st. All right. They had no sacks against Buffalo. They're one and two, barely beating the Giants. They've only had six sacks through three games, and they're ranked 29th in scoring defense by giving up 30.7 points per game. I mean, some people are talking about this as like a historically great defense but coming into this season. See, I, didn't, I never understood why people did that. because Well, the front four and how they played last the year. Thing, I always felt Washington's issue past three years is they can't cover anybody. So if they're not they, – what, what did they do to fix that? So but, I, didn't, I didn't know but it like, goes, where this was going to happen. Like front four is just going to yeah. dominate they, – it goes the, 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 the front seven. The DBs can't cover the front seven. I mean, a lot of people fear that front seven. You just said it. if you can get pressure no, on the quarterback, fear they fear those four defensive. Okay, linebackers. but again, who are the linebackers the, for the Washington those, football team? Those that front four. If you just said it before in the in the um the question before, where if you can get when you're talking pressure, about the Raiders, pressure. if you can get pressure, it changes a lot of things. And those four guys, they've put a lot of draft capital into it. So it's on Chase I mean, Young. He's he's supposed to be the guy. Yeah. Well, they got some work to do. 
That's one disappointment. The Saints offense, a disappointment. I understand they're going Drew Brees to James Winston. Are you really surprised? I am because Winston, he threw 30 touchdowns, had 5,000 yards in Tampa. And this is a system with a running back. No Michael Thomas, though. But you've got Sean Payton. I mean, I was expecting them to regress a little bit. But JT, like, they had a historically bad offensive game in week two. I mean, listen to these stats. They had 48 rushing yards in week two against Carolina. 48. They only had 111 in the air. They had 159 total yards. I mean, in the NFL in 2021, that's unheard of. And then they followed it up with week three. Winston only had 128 passing yards. Kamara averaged 3.7 yards per carry against the Patriots defense. Like, this is historically bad for 2021. Well, I think it's bad for them because – I don't know if you actually watched any of those games, but Jameis Winston is still making the same dumb mistakes that he made in Tampa. It's just, I think Sean Payton's curbing it, which is why you probably don't see the passing volume from him. But even the touchdown he threw last week, like that should have been a pick. I'm like, what are you doing? It was reminiscent of when he turned the ball over against Oregon in the college football playoffs. Like he's still doing the same thing. You did text me that. Yeah. And and that's surprising to me because I thought Sean Payton could, could help him there. Right. And Kamara having an Elvin Kamara, I thought that that could help them, but I was, you know, I was wrong. So that's why that's a disappointment. My third one real quick, I picked this team to win the NFC East. It's not looking so good at what, 0-3 now. The New York football giants, they're just not getting creative with Daniel Jones. They have lost winnable games, Denver, Washington. Like they needed Atlanta. Like that was kind of their easy part of their schedule and now they're really in trouble. So, yeah, I didn't expect the Giants to be Super Bowl contenders, but 0-3, JT, against those first three teams, I thought worst case 1-2 and two probably should be 2-1. and one. So the, they've, they've been a disappointment because they've, they've made changes there, except in the offensive line, to get better. Yeah, those are all really good. Um, I'm going to start off with something that's personal. It's, it's the Dolphins offense. You know, everything was supposed to be – you know, whether you believe in this quarterback too or not, this is supposed to be the year where we get him all the weapons. He's supposed to do something. Well, he's on the sideline, hurt, and he wasn't looking great before he he got knocked out of the game. So we spent a, we spent a high pick on Jalen Waddle. We got uh, we brought in Will Fuller. I'm just not seeing it. Like we can't run the ball. We can't pass the ball. Like I don't even know how we were in the game versus the Raiders. I mean, our offense is terrible. So. Them being this bad and, you know, it just looks like we have no playmakers all of a sudden, like not one. And but when did me, you ever have playmakers, honestly? I mean, just look at the games last year. We showed flashes. Look at the game we played against the Chiefs. I mean, but we have weapons. I just don't know what I just don't know what we're doing. It's either the quarterback and the line or these weapons just aren't really weapons. Exactly. Like I, Waddle, I think it's, it's what do you I think? think it's the weapons are not. They're not they're not like offensive weapons, like they're not game changers. Let's put it that way. And I agree. Like change. I look at I look at Jalen Waddle, and I'm like, at Bama, he was supposed to be this just breakaway speed artist, and you know, he looks like a slot receiver right now. Like he does not look fast. Maybe he's not healthy, but he doesn't look quick. I don't, I'm not seeing this breakaway burst that made us take him over Penny Sewell. So that's just me. So definitely, the Dolphins' offense is disappointing me. Another disappointment is the Tennessee Titans were supposed to be this like juggernaut offense with Julio, AJ, Derrick Henry, and Ryan Tannehill running the show. Without Arthur Smith, they look lost. I mean, and now yep. Julio yep. and AJ are hurt. I mean, Derrick Henry's still doing his thing, but Ryan Tannehill's starting to look like the guy in Miami a little bit, very inconsistent. 
different from this efficient quarterback that we've seen when Arthur Smith was there the past couple of years. So yep. good call. People, yep. people were saying, I even saw an NFL network before the season started. This is the most unstoppable offense of all time. Like <laughs> I don't even think AJ Brown or, or Julio Jones has a touchdown yet. Like that's insane. So definitely the Titans struggling on offense is um, disappointing to me. And then the other disappointment, I mean, I got to take this cheap shot. It's, it's the Steelers. And more fair enough, fair enough. More notably, um, the combination of Ben and he just doesn't seem to be on the right page with the offensive coordinator. And I don't know why. And it doesn't not seem to be working. And it's the offensive line. Like that whole offense, coupled with the the, the um just the cohesion with the play caller just just doesn't seem to be there. It seems very similar to the New York Giants situation with Jason Garrett and Daniel Jones. And, you know, you don't ever want to be compared to that situation as a Steelers fan. So I think they got the best chance to turn around, but I'm very, very worried about your team. Yeah. I'd love to bite my tongue here, but I mean, but you ain't going to do it. (laughs) And and we'll get to the Steelers later on, but I think maybe part of that offensive play calling you're talking about is maybe relates back to Ben. I mean, there's only so many things you can do with him at this point. Doesn't have the arm, doesn't have Especially the threat, doesn't have the threat to go deep. Down. Right. Like he's not mobile enough, doesn't have the arm to go deep. And I, and I told you before that first round pick, nothing against Najee Harris. He's a great running back. I think he can be really, really good in this league. But the Steelers that take him in the first round under these conditions, to me, not worth it. Because, like I said, by the time we get that offensive line there and we have a quarterback that can take us to the playoffs. Najee Harris is going to be four or five years into the league. He's going to have like, you know, 1,200 carries on his body, and and it's going to start to go downhill. Well, you did say he was going to have the better career between him and Travis Etienne. So, so far, you're looking like you're right. Well, it's because Etienne hasn't seen the field. But Najee Harris, is he's a stud. Come on. There's no doubt. Offensive line, no offensive line. In the, words, in the words of our guy, Jonathan DeWire, what did he say? He said, Najee Harris is a grown-ass man. And he's he showing it. <laughs> he did. Well, I'm surprised, JT. None of us had this team on their list of disappointments. So let's look at the defending AFC champs, the Kansas City Chiefs, who are oh. now 1-2 and, and are on a two-game losing streak. And you pointed this out, are in last place in the AFC West. So – the big question here, the million-dollar question, are the Chiefs in trouble? Yes, and the reason I didn't bring it up in my disappointments is, one, I knew we were going to talk about it, but two, it's like you can't say anything bad about Mahomes and the Chiefs without getting your head bitten off. Like, are they in trouble? People just come at you on social media. You know, people just don't want to give up in their mind that the Chiefs are this dynasty that's not really a dynasty, but – Answer your question, are they in trouble? Absolutely. And there's a couple of reasons. I I told you this last year. I feel like Mahomes is getting too cute. And I feel like him being too cute and not doing the little things that the great quarterbacks consistently do over time is letting the NFL catch up to him. Like, I feel like he's he's, he's doing too much of these no-look passes, th- these bad – these passes off of his back leg with back footwork – Thrown thrown across his body in a crowd. Like, you don't teach any quarterback, no matter how good they are, (laughs) to do the things that he does. Now, he gets away with it, and he can do it, but eventually that's going to catch up to you because guess what? You get older. People get tape on you. You get hurt. You know, 
like your your skills are gonna regress the longer you're in this league. Like only Tom Brady gets better with time. Like he's the only vampire that can do that. But I think Mahomes is. I think the league is catching up to him because he's not working on being like like technically sound the game. And the reason I think they're in trouble because of him is like he is the reason they're losing these games. Like. He started slow against Cleveland. He threw um, a costly pick against the, uh, in, in last week's game. You know, like he's responsible for these mistakes that they're making and why they're losing. And I think also a big reason he's struggling is, I said this to you last year too, I think NFL teams are finding better ways to take away Tyree Kill from him. So if Tyree Kill is not hitting these huge plays over the top as consistently as he was before, and then they don't run the ball, you know, they stall. And I think that's why you see Casey stall in some of these games. And then they need some heroic play at the end of the game or in the fourth quarter to pull out the score. So that's definitely affecting them. And then they don't run the ball and their defense is still bad. Like they can't stop anybody from running the ball. So they, it's hard to win a championship when you can't run the ball and you can't stop the run. Like a team like San Francisco could just come in and just run it down your throat. And it's going to be hard to do it without a miracle. So Yes, they are in trouble, in my opinion, and I think it should be a panic mode right now. R E A X. Everyone just relax. Would you say sit spelled again? R E L A X. All right, just making sure your degree is worth. Wow. So it's a small sample size. Like, relax. We're three games in here. All right, and the cream always rises to the top. Like, they still have five divisional games. All right, and they've faced probably three of the four toughest AFC teams, right? Baltimore, Cleveland, LA Chargers. They're only missing really the Buffalo Bills there. So you can say the Raiders, but they're going to play the Raiders eventually. But I mean, they would win those games in December and January. And, and you saw what they can do against Cleveland. And I know what actually, you're saying. Tom, actually, stats say that they win those games in September. So but that's the beauty of it. But they also win them in December and January. And if this was December, January, home game at Arrowhead, they're winning. And, and JT, you bring up a good point. Uh, San Fran can come in and run the ball. But you know what happened two years ago in the Super Bowl in your, in your state? They didn't get lucky. They got lucky. That's the way. But that's the thing with Mahomes. He can be quiet for three quarters, just like he was for two and a half quarters against Cleveland. And then, boom, like you need to play. That's the thing. Yeah, you might say, oh, the Chiefs need to play 60 minutes. No, they don't. The other team's got to play 60 minutes. And if they play only 50 minutes or 45, guess what happens? The Super Bowl happens of what happened to the 49ers. 49ers should have won that game. But they didn't close the deal. And here comes the Chiefs and Mahomes. And that's why everyone just relax. You still have Patrick Mahomes. They'll figure it out. And, and you always do this to me, right? They still got Tyreek Hill, right? Yes or no? Like they do. Is he still yeah. out there? They got him. Just play along. Just play along for once. They still got I'll Travis Kelsey, right? Yes. Yes. They still, okay. They still got Andy Reid as their head coach, right? Yes. Get well soon, Andy Reid. That's right. They still got Eric Bieniemy as their OC, right? He hasn't Not taken the USC long, job. Yeah, he's still there. But he hasn't taken you. Okay. So everyone relax. Like Clyde Edwards Helaire probably had his best running game in his career. 17 carries, 100 yards against the Chargers. Mahomes so far. 940 yards and nine touchdowns through three games. Like, just relax. It's a long season. It's longer than usual with 17 games. So, JT, just relax. Enjoy, so are you not enjoy the show. Are you not worried? 
about their defense. And all of a sudden what? now they have three teams in their division that seem like they have top 12 offenses at worst. Bro, Denver has had to play the easiest schedule so I get far. It. So okay. are, the are Raiders the, are, the are going to do the, the Raiders year? are going to be the Raiders. Are, are the Chargers legit on offense this year? Yes, the Chargers are a legit team. Do you think the Raiders are a legit team on offense? Because they beat them once last year, and that team, I think this they're team a legit, is better than that team. I think they're they a beat legit, them in Arrowhead. I think they're a legit passing team, but when push comes to shove, if they got to play Kansas City in Kansas City in the playoffs or in December, KC's winning that game. I'm sorry. I'm no, sorry. No worry that the league is catching up to Mahomes a little bit. Well, yeah, of course, because you brought up a good point. But my thing is that Kansas City defense doesn't need to be great. It doesn't need to be the, the 1975 Pittsburgh Steelers. It doesn't need to be the Steel Curtain. It doesn't need to be the 85 Bears. It needs to just am, keep the score close going into the fourth. Am I, am, I being, am I being a hater because they don't have to do things the right way? And it might work. Is that what you're saying? Like, yeah, you're being that old guy, the old guy screaming to, to the kids, stay off my lawn. Nah, I just I think it's gonna bite him in the ass. And I think you started to see that, you know, happen slowly more and more and more often. But um, I brought this up earlier and I said I wasn't gonna talk about it too much, but now it's time to get into it. Uh I mean, there's no way to put it lightly. The rookie quarterbacks suck. And I'm talking about Zach Wilson, Mac Jones, Justin Fields. And everyone's golden boy, number one overall pick, Trevor Lawrence. Like, they all lost this past weekend. None of them have had an impressive stat line. Uh, maybe Trevor Lawrence won game, but everybody else has been terrible. So, begs this question. Why are we seeing so many rookie quarterbacks struggle this year? And like, what's your overall opinion as to why that's happening? Well, you say it all the time. I do. Or I think you do. I it's do. the quarterback situation. I mean, I'm going to run through it real no, quick. I literally have that written down. Yeah. Like bad I'm, situations. Yeah, I'm going to run through it real quick. Zach Wilson. He's with the Jets. Enough said. But then on top of that, still no running game. And they talk about, we brought no in this guy. We, yeah, no line. We brought in this guy. We brought in that guy. All right. Like, people couldn't wait to drop Corey Davis on their fantasy football team. All right. So Mac Jones, you go look at it. He has no weapons to go downfield, right? Like there's no Randy Moss. Downfield, though? That's the thing. I think he can, but who's he throwing it to downfield? Right. But he's not really struggling JT. Like he, he's going through the normal rookie. Bumps, well, that offense just right? isn't, isn't conducive to putting up these big explosive it, stat lines. Exactly. That's not how Belichick it, plays. But he did not play good against the Saints. Let's, he let's, he did it. That is true. That. But, again, he's a rookie. He's going to have those bumps. He's going to have highs. He's going to have lows. Like, he hasn't been given the keys yet to the car. Oh, they gave him the keys the last game. They were like, Well, they son. still got the training nah, wheels on. they extended on. his curfew. Nah, like, Look, they, let you stay okay. Like two uh, o'clock. All he right. Keys and he crashed the car. They, so they let's, let not him, like, you, they, let's not act like that didn't happen. Yeah, they let him stay out till midnight instead of 11 o'clock. No, that was 2 a.m. Right. Justin Fields, I mean, he's no got, got Nagy. He, he has Nagy. That should be enough said. And Nagy's not using all of Justin Fields' abilities, all right? Trevor Lawrence. Again, the Jaguars have been so bad on offense for so long at this point. I think last time they had a good offense was Mark Brunel, Jimmy Smith, and Keenan McCardell. No, no like, last good offense they had was Blake Bortles, but they just lost every game. Nah, that yeah, Blake. yeah, yeah. He threw 35 touchdowns, and Allen Robinson had a 1400 yard, like 16 touchdown season. But I think that was like a, a, a two guy show, it wasn't like a great offense. Hey, and then, showed up and listen, earth. put any of those quarterbacks, and I believe this, you put any of those quarterbacks. In a place like Miami, 
a place like Pittsburgh. And I think it's a different story for all of these guys and those teams like and Miami and Pittsburgh. Do do you not agree? Well, well, what's been my, what was my biggest vice the past couple of years? Dolphins should have waited for Trevor Lawrence. Like, yeah, it's a game changer when your quarterback that's young goes to the right situation because most times when you're going to a bad situation, it's new coach who's probably either a first time head coach or some retread that doesn't know what he's doing. So you're already in a bad situation. You're already on a team that's probably devoid of talent. That's why they have the high pick. And, and I think that's exactly what's going on. You know, just young players in bad situations, except for Bill Belichick. I just think that that team, that's just how they play. They want it. They, they don't want these shootouts, but also, I think this is a perfect time to hold bad coaching accountable. Like, I think that's going to be on full display this year because imagine if all of these guys struggle all year and there's no one of them that shows a flash that can win six games. Like, I don't know any of these guys that can win six games. Like, you think the Jags win six games? No. Just definitely not winning six games. They're probably on the clock for the for number one overall pick. Like, I don't see any of those guys – winning six games maybe the bears but it won't be because of justin fields but bad coaching will have to be discussed this year because there's no way all the first round rookies should be struggling like this right yep and and again the situations and organizations you look at it they're they're perennial losing franchises for a reason yeah all right so let's let's do the whole thing you hate let's do the overreaction (laughs) We're, we're gonna put it out there so one or two guys for each, despite their struggles, which of these quarterbacks do you think will end up being good? And then which one of these do you think, all right, we're seeing that they were mistakes being drafted in the first round as high as they were taken? So I think Mac Jones is the real deal. I mean, he's so accurate. He's already at 67 and a half percent. He's in the best, in the, in the best situation, best situation, best coach. Yup. There's going to be growing pains, like I said, but the guy's a competitor. All right. The other guy, which we didn't talk about, I think Trey Lance will be the best of this whole group. He can do it all, in my opinion. He's Better, learning. Best situation. Best situation for sure overall. He's learning from Shanahan. San Francisco's usually a really a great organization. And this is the main thing. And I know a lot of people do not agree with this, but I'm a big believer in this. He has the least amount of pressure, and he will have time to learn, meaning he doesn't need to start right away. These other guys are learning baptism by fire. It doesn't always help. If you have the physical abilities and you are a true great quarterback, by you sitting at least one year, that helps so much because, JT, it slows the game down, allows you to read defenses. And that's what it is in the NFL. Most quarterbacks, except maybe Big Ben at this point, can make that out route throw, right, from the far hash, from the opposite hash, right? So it's not about skill or arm strength. It's about recognizing defenses and to have Trey Lance like Patrick Mahomes did to be able to sit and learn from a great offensive mind like a Shanahan is going to help him tremendously throughout his career. And we're going to see that. Um, and, And as far as the mistakes, I don't believe there were any mistakes with the high picks. Like I think they were the right QB, meaning at that spot. And teams just need to stay patient. They need to get that. They need to get that player support and help around them, whether it's the coaching staff or other players. So 
I don't think there's going to be a true bust out of here because I think they can all play. It's just they're all in bad situations, except Mac Jones and Trey Lance. Yeah, I think as far as the good guys, um, I do agree because Mac Jones was the number one quarterback as a rookie in the preseason. So he's just basically carrying it over to the regular season amongst these guys. And like you said, he's in the best situation. Uh, Same thing with Trey Lance. I haven't seen him play yet, but I mean, how bad could it be with a guy that talented with Kyle Shanahan? Like he's going to he's going to be okay. Trevor Lawrence, I actually think is going to be good. I just think he's in the worst coaching situation because Urban Meyer is in over his head doesn't know what he's doing but at least i've seen some flashes that trevor is you know going to be good also too you can tell he's in a bad coaching situation i think part of trevor's trevor's struggles is he didn't get all the qb1 reps in camp like in offseason like they were splitting them with garden Minshew for some reason so so i don't get that but i think i think he'll be all right lance will be all right mac will be fine i think also he's not a first round pick but I've seen enough of Davis Mills for the Texans to say, like, I think he'll be all right if they give him a chance. Like, he just shows me he's not scared of the game. Like, I just see it in his body language. So I'm interested to see what he can do. Here's the thing. Yes, I do think there is a mistake, and it's Zach Wilson. And the fact that, yes, he's he's on a terrible team with terrible O-line. Most of these guys are. Ask Justin Fields. He got lit up for, like, 80 sacks last week. But Wilson is doing – the one thing that a lot of these quarterbacks aren't doing much of is just holding on to the ball too much. Like you're holding on to the ball too long with a bad old line and no weapons, like use your legs or get rid of it or throw it away. Like you got to do something. And I just don't think Zach Wilson is seeing the game well enough for him to say like, all right, this guy will get it together as a number two overall pick. I think I said it when they took him at number two, they're going to regret it. I'm still seeing it right now. And I, I, I'm still believing in that. Justin Fields, I know he's my guy. I put him in the I think it was a mistake column. But I think his situation is fixable. Simple. He got to get rid of the ball. Like, he cannot hold the ball that long. But I think he has a Matt Nagy problem. I think Robert Saul is a good coach in New York. But I think Matt Nagy is not a good coach. So, we're going to find out either Nagy's going to get fired and somebody's going to help Fields do the right things or he got to get rid of the ball. So I'm not willing to give up on him just yet. I'm a little confused. How can you say Fields is OK, even though he's hanging on to the ball yet? You're saying Zach Wilson's a bust. Because, they made because, a mistake because he's hanging on to the ball. No, 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 it doesn't make any see, sense. No, here's the thing. I said I, I did put Fields on the bad list, but I'm willing to give him a temporary pass. Why? I've seen, I seen Wilson do it for three games. I saw – Fields do it for one game with a bad game plan against a really good defense. And so, Fields has only started in one game. Like, what? How does that make any sense? I'm willing to give. I'm willing to give Fields more of a chance. Just I, because I, that's I, your I, guy, I, and you paid no, it Zach I, Wilson from the beginning. Just admit it. No, that is that is the okay. that is part of it. But okay. I, I I just don't think Zach Wilson is it. That's just okay. Me. That's fine. That's fine. At least you said that's part of it. I I can live with that. But I did put him on the bad list. Like, I think it was – I. it's looking like a bad pick right now. I have it written down. I can screenshot it and send it to you. Okay. I believe it. No no need to feel guilty. So, all right, let's talk about Big Ben and the Steelers, who, who are one and two on a two-game losing streak, and both of them were at home. And JT hasn't looked well, hasn't looked good. Ben has looked his age. He was 38 of 58 for 318 yards but only one touchdown and two interceptions. So here's the question. 
the other million dollar question and everyone in Pittsburgh is wondering, they want to know what you have to say. Should the Steelers bench Ben? That's easy. No. The answer is no, because he still gives them the best chance to win a football game. You know, if but does he really? He does, because, you know, as well as every Steeler fan knows, bitch all you want to. Mason Rudolph ain't it. And if Haskins was it, he'd be in there. But here's the thing. In the NFL, Dwayne Haskins has never been it. So guess what? You're stuck with old man Ben who can't even get out of bed without falling down. Like, this is what you're stuck with. Deal with it. Listen, his his legacy in Pittsburgh's cemented, but I think you got to bench him. And, and this is why. Even with him, JT, and, and Tomlin's done some miracle, has had some miracle seasons when guys have been injured, team hasn't looked, team wasn't projected to do well, has never had a losing season. But with him, JT, do they make the playoffs? No. They probably end up like normal, eight and nine, seven and ten. They get a mid to late first round pick, and it's all back over. Going, oh, we got to bring Ben back because we don't have any other option, and we don't want to go in there with Mason Rudolph. Well, you know what? See what you have now. This whole season with Mason for an extended time, so you can actually finally make a decision on Mason Rudolph. All right, like if he bombs it, if he bombs it. Great. Like if he does terrible, that's fine. You get a high pick, take a quarterback, just like we did in 2003 with Ben Roethlisberger, right? We had one bad year and we get Ben. Like that could happen again. And you drafted Mason. The bad year should have been last year. (laughs) Well, they keep prolonging it. So make it this year because we're going to say the same thing next year and still not have a quarterback. And you drafted Mason in the third round for a reason to try to replace Ben. That time has come. Even if it's a short one year, that time has come. You make the move. Like Ben hurts the offense. You say he gives them the best chance. In what way? In what way? He can't throw the deep ball. So let me ask they, you a question. They, y'all, they bring y'all play, we have y'all, no one. Hold on. Buffalo. Hold on. You we have Buffalo. you think you think Mason Rudolph or or Dwayne Haskins wins that game? Wait. The question's Mason Rudolph. Dwayne Haskins, no. Because he's Mason not ready. He's not even clear. dressing yet. You, Haskins, you picked him as your Hall of Fame pick. Mason Rudolph I, wins the Buffalo game. I, go go pull up that, that tape. I don't know what you're talking about. Does Mason so, Rudolph win the Bills against the Bills? Yes or no? I don't know, but I'll tell you one Hell thing. Hell no, you ain't trusting No, hold on. I'll tell you one thing. That the offense in the first half would not have been as bad as it was because he would have been able to open up and stretch that defense. Part of it's Matt Canada. He's not able to run that offense the way he wants to. Think about Matt Canada's well, offense, ben, right? Because Ben can't get under center. Exactly. That's Matt Canada's offense has always been all this, you know, window dressing stuff, all this all motion. motion. Like with Ben, no one's going to be fooled. They're going to stay at home or or they're going to they're gonna know nothing is up. But if you have Mason who can move a little bit better and can throw it deep, guess what? You've got to respect that. So – I mean, he can't get the ball downfield. Teams focus on the run. He's not mobile. The line's already bad, so Ben's lack of mobility only magnifies the line, and then you can't throw it deep so they can put eight in the box. Like, it's just one bad cycle after another, and we think Ben's going to play forever. He is not Tom Brady. The Steelers organization needs to get that through their head. But but they believe he is. Tom Brady is. Is running around. Ben be- is old. <laughs> but the Steelers believe he is. That's the problem, JT. You know, it's crazy that we've been alive long enough to see this. And I remember when I think it was Skip Bayless that said it. 
um, early in Ben Roethlisberger's career. You remember when Ben Roethlisberger got into like that that motorcycle accident and got hurt? Mm-hmm. And never forget, I was watching. I think he was on. I think it was a cold pizza at the time. I don't even know if it was first take yet. And I think Skip Bayless was like, I, I mark my words, Ben Roethlisberger's recklessness early in his career is going to take like three or four years off of the end of his career. And I think that's what you're seeing. I, I don't totally agree. Like recklessness just... with that, but also the way he played early in his career, like taking all yeah. those hits, having guys hanging off him and throwing it down a field. But JT, the guy is 39. Like, yeah, but most people, but that's not Brady an excuse anymore. Because guys, guys are looking at 39. It's like, that, all right, cool. I got it's like still, five, six listen, years it's, left. It's still an excuse. Peyton Manning couldn't get the 41, only Breeze and Brady. They're exceptions, man. Like, let's not be. You don't think Rodgers is going to get there? Okay, again. You don't think Russ will get there? Like, that's it's a norm. That I don't know if Russ will get there. I really don't. The way he plays right now at that high level, I don't know. Maybe he gets there, but it ain't going to be at this high of a level. All right. So, hey, look, I think you guys should stick with Ben. He thinks that you should put Mason Rudolph in and you guys will be a playoff team. I didn't well, say that either, but go yeah, ahead. Go yeah. listen to the tape. I didn't say that. All right, so let's get to the one game this week that really, this is the only game everybody cares about. It's Tom Brady going back to Foxborough. So Brady versus Belichick. So he's going back. I think this is a Sunday night game, right? Prime time? Yep, it is. Yep. Oh, damn. Whew. The pressure is did on. You see, did you see the commercial for oh, it with the Adele song? Can we, Honestly, I feel like every commercial they've had for this game has been cringy as hell. Like that Adele thing is cringy. I saw another one on the um on the Monday night game. It was not Adele, but it was another one. It was cringy. Like, yo, like they need they need new people in there coming up with ideas on how to promote games because that is terrible. But yeah, I saw that. But you thought Brady, it was terrible. I didn't think it was all that bad. Terrible. It was cringy as hell. Go look it up. Tom versus Bill. That's what this is all about. What are you expecting from this game? I'm expecting a lot of intensity on both sides. Like, I think the Patriot players are going to be up for this. You know, Tom's going to be intense. Buccaneer players are going to want to play well for him. But I am I think there's also going to be a lot of love out there, right? Pre-post game from the fans to TB12 and vice versa. But don't be fooled, though. Bill and Tom, JT, they want to win this game probably more than any Super Bowl. All right? And... What do I expect? I expect a changing of the guard here from Brady to Mac Jones in that same stadium. All right. I think Bill Belichick dials up one one more of his stellar defensive game plans to stop Tom Brady. If anyone knows how to contain, because you can't stop Tom Brady, you can only hope to contain him. But if anyone can, it's Bill Belichick. So look out for that. All right. I mean, I'm just I'm expected a beat down. Like that's that's what's gonna happen. Like this game ain't gonna even gonna be close. But all honesty, I think what's gonna happen is I just think it's gonna be exhausting for everyone on the New England side from the coaching staff, the fans. I think it's gonna be exhausted emotionally because say what you want, Tom, Tom Brady means so much more to New England Patriot football than Bill Belichick does. Like that, like because it's the player, like Tom Brady is the Patriots. So you, you, it's like you, it's like LeBron when he left Miami. Like you can't really hate him because you wouldn't have championship without him, but you, mm-hmm. you're mad because he left. You know, like yeah, yeah, that's exactly what's gonna happen. I feel like the fans are gonna go through so much emotions. Like, pretty sure they're gonna have like some tribute to him pregame. Like it's it's gonna be hyped up all week in Boston. Um, 
every aspect of this game is going to be emotional for the fans. And I think they're going to be exhausted. And I think that's advantage for the Bucks. And I think it's also going to be mentally exhausting for Bill Belichick because Tom Brady already proved he could do it without him last year. He won a Super Bowl his first year with a new team. So Belichick has only struggled since Brady left. So all the pressure is on him. So I think Belichick is just going to be too emotionally invested in this game. And I think it's going to be the reason they lose really badly. Is he's just going to be too exhausted. So that's really what I expect. See, I think that's where you're wrong. Belichick doesn't have feelings, bro. Like this is, you oh, know, do. He's, he's dialing it up again. And you're talking about like, oh, Belichick will be exhausted. No, he's not. Like he lives for this stuff, bro. Like he's been doing this since Tom Brady was in diapers. Like he, he lives for this. Like, He's loving the fact that this week leading up, there's all this extra stuff going on and he's praising Tom, blah, 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 because he's going to have his team ready. If not, you're getting cut the next day if you don't play hard for him. All right, we'll see. Uh, Scale of one to 10, how excited are you for this game? I'm kind of more excited for that Arizona-LA Rams game, bro. Yeah, that's gonna be a, gonna be a shootout. <laughs> but I'm just, but I'm excited, I'm excited. Just, like, the, the production of this game. Exactly. Right? I was gonna say I'm excited to see the pregame stuff, see who he's dapping up, see who, you know, see how the fans react and, and just boo him? that Sunday. No, no, there's no chance. I don't if, think if, so either. If they boo him, they need to check they, themselves at the door. I think if they boo him, they'll never recover as a fan base. Like, I think, like, they'll be yeah. public enemy number one. Yeah, and I think a lot of people, a lot of players, I I know this is an overstatement, a lot of players may hesitate going to New England, especially as a free agent, if that happens. Because well, I mean, if Tom gets booed after all he did for them, yeah, what, like, they gonna do to me? what are they going to do to me when when I drop a pass in my first game? And I have, I have you know, no credibility with them, no credit to my name. And he has six Super Bowls to his name. You know what I mean? So does he have, well, he has seven now, six with New England. So, all right, JT. Well, since this is our show and no one else's show, we do the production of it. Our name's on the show. We get to do whatever we want, right? So we're going to talk about we, our. I mean, it's not like you ran this by me, but I, 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 get, I get your, uh, your metaphor, but go ahead. So we're going to talk about our Miami Hurricanes, all right? Um, They're about so- to be just your Hurricanes in a minute. Because I'm, <laughs> I'm realistically, I'm done with this. Like we I, say I, that every year, it, and it's never the Hurricanes true. are like a badass child that I've done every all I can. I just don't know what to do with them. I'm about to send them to live with their grandparents. Like I'm just tired of them. Listen, we say that every year, and then we come back for more, and it's the same heartbreak. So the Hurricanes, I believe, we're preseason like number fourteen in the country. They've had losses to Alabama and Michigan State. Now they're unranked. And I don't know if you saw this, JT, but Benny Blades has asked for a face-to-face I saw, meeting. I saw that today. With, I think with, uh, who's it, Julio Frank, I believe, is the president of the University of Miami and the athletic director, Blake James. I don't know if he's going to get one. Sorry, Benny. But Yeah, I mean, you're not exactly Ray Lewis. But, hey, Benny, <laughs> we appreciate you getting the conversation started. And you made headlines on our show. Congrats. So, JT, oh, this is a JT question for sure. Is the hurricane season, is the hurric- is the Miami hurricane season over already? The fact that you called this a JT question and you self-admittedly hate JT questions, but this is your question, I think I already know your answer. Yes, it's over because we are worse than we were last year. Like, now we have no quarterback. 
still don't have an offensive line, and the defense is average. It's worse than it was last year. So, yeah, it's over. Like, I thought – here's the thing. Yes, I've been gone, and I, I have not been able to watch any of the Canes games. Like, by the time I landed, like, we were already down 28 nothing against Alabama. And I'm like, I haven't even unpacked my bag yet. Like, what's going on? Like, I thought that was just, okay, it's Bama, whatever. Like, we still look the same. I, I feel like we're playing Bama every week. We look just as bad in that game as we do all the rest of the games. Like, yes, it's over. Like, we should just – everybody – can we? Can you still opt out of a season? We Everybody should just opt out. Just UM opt out for whatever reason, and we'll come back and we'll try this again next year because this year ain't working. <laughs> That's pretty funny. Um, listen, what, like I told you with the Chiefs, relax. Bro, all right? no, 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 The no, season no. is not hey, over. No, I, listen. I, I get you trying to debate but, me, but there's no way I'm not trying relaxed to relaxed about anything I'm, you see with the I am team. not trying to debate you. Listen, after that Michigan State game, everyone, everyone wanted Manny fired. We had a group chat going. And what Your that boy told, Rambo went off, you, though, so good call on that one. You've got to be patient. Like, and I told you this in the text message. And listen, we're recording this show Wednesday night. Canes play Thursday night at home against Virginia. So my statement here could be totally wrong. But, you know, ACC play for them doesn't start until Thursday night against Virginia. All right. And so, again, maybe by the time everyone's listening to this, Miami lost to Virginia. But everything is still in front of them, JT. If you come with this negativity just because they lost to Michigan State, that's all they've lost to. Forget Bro, the Bama game. The Bro, only my, team my, they've lost to is Michigan State. Grade, the reason we playing like shit. We just not good. <laughs> but it's that whole mentality, that whole attitude. Players can feel that in the stadium. Fans have to give this time. Like, don't overreact to a loss to Michigan State. Everyone's acting like we lost to, you know, some team in Division Three. It's Michigan State in the Big Ten. Like, I don't understand why that's so difficult to understand. Like, Michigan State's a good team. So everything's still in front of them. We have the talent to still win in the ACC. Clemson's on a down year. Look, you saw what happened with UNC. They lost to Virginia Tech. Well, we're not shocked because we said that they were over. Okay, okay, but that doesn't matter. Like, it happens, all right? And Miami hasn't lost an ACC game so, yet. So you think we can make the ACC championship game still? Why not? You tell me in the Coastal, why not? Because I don't trust this team. Who do you trust in the ACC then? Because Virginia Tech lost to West Virginia. UNC is pretty much, what do they have, two losses already? I mean, teams are losing here. Virginia has a loss. They lost to UNC. Like, teams are losing. The only undefeated teams in the Coastal right now, I believe, are Virginia Tech, Miami, Pitt, and I think that's it. Maybe Duke, because Duke hasn't played. NC State lose? I mean, NC State lost? They're I know, on the I know other but I'm side. just saying, like, who we would have to play, like, if it's in a championship game scenario, too. But at that point, you've made the, the championship game. You're saying the season's over. I'm saying it's not. And that's my whole worried. point. All right, so why are you worried about if we got to play NC State in the, in the No, title? I'm just saying do we, have to, we don't have to play them during the regular season, right? We do. Oh, I'm worried about that, too. All right, but we'll see. A lot can happen. NC State can go on a drop after that high of beating Clemson. You never know. All right, so – Obviously, you're down on the program. So what are the top three issues in the program right now today? Ooh, so I feel like we've discussed this a lot over the years. A lot. I ever, know everyone wants ever to. Ever on air, though. 
it's got to be a hashtag, uh, Fire Blake James. Like, that, that's who everyone's blaming. But I want to take a little bit deeper. I'm Like, the board of trustees, like, they hire the coaches in the 80s, right? Yeah, I think the president has a good say in it. I, probably the president and then the board of trustees approves it, I'm guessing, is how it works. That's, that is problem number one at UM because I feel like they kind of intervened with the whole Manny Diaz hire, which probably wasn't the way to go the way they did it. And then they also hired Blake James and everybody is admittedly saying that he has to go. And also I feel like they are the ones that are deciding how much money actually goes into this program to make it successful. So whatever decisions they are making is not working and it's a trickle down effect. So they're going to be the first group of people that I'm going to blame president and the board of trustees, because they're making the decisions that aren't working that are setting us back. So they, they go to number one. Second is Manny Diaz. I know you like him. I know you want him to have time, but at the end of the day, you can give Manny Diaz all the time he wants to build a program. Same problem every time. He just doesn't have us ready on game day to play. And he doesn't do well with in-game adjustments. Like there's just no amount of time that's going to help alleviate that problem as a coach, you either got it or you don't. And you acting like we haven't given coaches time before, you know, we gave, Randy Shannon time. We gave Al Golden time. Like you either can coach and win or you can't. Manny Diaz is not the guy. And I think he is one of the issues right now and he has to go. And then the third thing is our recruiting. Not only are we not getting any homegrown talent, all this talent, not only just in South Florida, but just, just in Dade County alone, we're not getting any top players. All the top players that are in the state of Florida are not going to us. They're going to every other school except for UM. They're even going to FSU, who looks worse than us on the field. We're not getting recruits. And also, I feel like the recruits that we do get are only coming to Miami because they feel like they can start right away, which tells me that we're getting guys that don't want to compete when things get tough. Uh, I.e. somebody like a Tate Martell comes to Miami, doesn't win a job, runs to another program. Like he did it at Ohio State. How do we not think he was going to do it at Miami? We just don't get guys that want to compete. And when you don't have guys that don't want to compete, they, they just don't play with heart. They get punched in the mouth and they're just like, all right, whatever. It's not that important to me. So those are the top three issues that I think are really plaguing us right now. And they're all connected. So I want to discuss the Manny thing really, really quick here. All right. So. Because he's your boy. I get it. I'll Actually, I'll get to that in a second. I'll get to that on the next question. I agree with you in terms of number – I agree with you with the recruiting part. That's that's number three on my list. That's not number one. That's number three. Got to recruit the right guys. They always talk about you go listen to the 30 for 30s. Recruit Miami guys. And you're right. You got to have guys that want to compete. That's a Miami guy. Number two, it goes back to kind of what you were saying with the board. Not enough funds for the program, right? Miami's a private school. A lot of people don't understand that. They are a private school. Their, under, their undergrad enrollment is not high. Like UCF, Florida, they're like 50,000 plus. Miami's lucky to be around 10. Well, like, UCF is the largest school, at it, least in the state of Florida right, right now. Right, right. So like Miami's enrollment means the money it generates is not as nearly it as much as the other schools and programs. So that's an issue, right? Number one, in my opinion, JT, I'm not saying this will solve everything, 
is this is this the I, this, I know where you're going. This would go a long way, which it'll never happen, but it'll go a long way. Trust me. I, I truly believe this on campus stadium. Agreed. That's the number one issue. It changed UCF. Yeah, like you, they you got know, on campus stadium yeah. and they just took off because they used to play at what the old Citrus Bowl, right? Which is downtown, like a Which 30, is, 20, yeah. 30 minute ride. No, and no one's going to, to that where you're it, in Miami already doesn't have 50,000 to draw from. So when you've only got 8,000 living on campus or whatever it is and, the, and 300 in a student <laughs> section in a pro stadium. Yeah. Like it's never going to be good now on, on campus stadium. Yeah. A team like central Connecticut state comes in a little bit smaller of a stadium, it feels more full. Like, it, it's such a big thing. I, I don't care what you say. Because you go look at all the big stadiums. You go look at Penn State. You go look at Auburn. When Central Connecticut State comes in for game oh, number packed. four of the year, it's packed, but not sold out. Not every seat, uh, ticket-wise, maybe it's sold out, but not every seat is filled. Like, there's not a body in every seat. So don't come and tell me that, oh, we would sell out against Central Connecticut State. Well, not everyone is in the seat, though. So that means there's a lot of lack of interest. But when you have an on-campus stadium, it helps fill that gap. You got to have it. Recruits want that. You can just walk. And, it, and if the exactly. game sucks, you don't, you don't have to worry about, oh, I have to drive, get yep. 95, go back home, yep. do the tolls, wait in it, traffic. Like, you can just walk back to your dorm. It'll never happen because of the city of Coral Gables. Well, it's the space. We don't, they don't have the space to do that. But even then, there's going to be ordinances. You can't have night games. You can only have lights so high, blah, blah, blah. So They don't want everybody coming yeah. into that neighborhood. Right. I mean, they, they, they don't want all the cars to come in. So... That's the number one reason, I think, or that's the biggest issue, and, it, and it's been like that for many, many years. So um, last question with this, what should they do to turn around the program? So three things I think they can do to turn around the program. This one, guy has a five-year plan. No, they, no, seriously, they need to go out and identify who they think is the best offensive mind that they can afford. doesn't matter what level they're coaching on. Whoever that guy is, go get him because – Coaching is a big part of our issue as, well, as to why we're not successful. So whoever that top offensive mind guy is, hey, if it's Urban Meyer and you have to, you know, pay a little bit more, you know, go, go into student loan debt to get them, uh, you might have to do that. Or if it's the enemy, somebody, whoever is that guy you identify, this is the best offensive mind that's available, go get him. Two, this is what I would do for Miami. And I was actually talking with, um, with Mike about this is – our college football expert. Yes. We haven't had yes. on in a while. That's your fault, JT. Bring them on. Yes, yes, yes. One we'll, of our we'll, college football experts. We'll work out experts. contract negotiation. I, I think he's uh, he's doing a holdout situation right now. But we'll, we'll get it done. We'll get him back on the show. I think you need to find out who your best connection is to the Optimus football program in South Florida. And I'll tell like, are you familiar with that and what that is? Kind of. But explain it for the for the listeners. So basically, Optimus is like the level of football that is played before kids go to high school. The only thing in Miami is every player that's good in Miami is playing in Optimus. So that's basically like like uh, what, like third grade to like basically eighth grade. So that's where all the all the stars are coming through Optimus, you know. And thing is, from personal personal experience, I played on a team where they had what. 
four guys that were freshman All-Americans as high school freshmen, they all played in Optimus. Like, these guys that come out of Miami-Dade Optimus, like, they're ready to play at the high school level, like, at an elite level right away. So guess what? You know these guys are going to be good by the time they become seniors, and they're going to end up being the top recruits. You know what? You need to find out who that guy is. Who is the guy that has a connection to all these recruits from a young age that they're familiar with that person, they're familiar with the program, and get a relationship so that they will want to pick a Miami over a Clemson or Alabama potentially down the road. Whoever that guy is, you need to find a space for him on your staff because that is essentially your best recruiter to getting back that pipeline in Miami that the Canes have lost. Identify the guy that can get the kids early and get them loving UM football and wanting to be a hurricane. You need to get that guy on the staff. And then the third thing is, we need to do better at recruiting offensive linemen. And that means we need to leave Florida. We need to go to Texas. We need to go to Midwest and start recruiting these, these big offensive linemen because that's been one of the main things that's holding us back. Our O-lines have been terrible. Like, I feel like we haven't had a good O-lineman since Brian McKinney. We need to go find these, these big offensive linemen from Texas and Midwest and make a concerted effort to do that. If we do those three things, I think you can see a dramatic turnaround in this program and we can be a, a legit top six team again. Top, top six team again. See, it's funny, though, that you didn't say fire Manny and go get so-and-so. So you said it's an issue, but said, that's not said, needed to get rid of I them said, to turn the program I, well, around. I said hire the best offensive mind that you can afford. Now, if the best offensive mind you can afford is coordinator money, then – I say you make that move. If 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 that means you can't fire Manny, then you make the you do the best you can with that situation. Well, one of the things I agreed with you on, and I think they should keep Manny, and I'll get to that. You gotta help them with top-notch assistance. You, you can't let them bring in Blake Baker and then eventually Manny got to take back over to the Manny has to focus just on being a head coach, game management, time management, getting the kids rallied. And I've told you this. I've texted you this. Hugh Jackson's a pretty good offensive mind, right? Mm-hmm. Go get him. Where's What's he doing right now? Go get him. He's a, get fo- back in the NFL. He, he's a former. Well, so was Bill O'Brien. You know, so was Doug Marone trying to do that. So was Lane Kiffin trying to do that. But what happened? Nick Saban went and got him. All right. Marvin Lewis was trying to do that. What did Herm Edwards do? Go get him. He's turning around that Arizona State program. They've given you the blueprint. Follow it, Miami, before everyone else does it. Go get Hugh Jackson. You know, they let they could have brought in Anthony Lynn after last season, but no, they let him go be a positional coach somewhere in the NFL. Go get those guys. Make them OCDC offensive line coach before someone else brings them back into the NFL. And now you you just have one big cycle, just like um, Nick Saban does at Alabama, you know? Like, we, we become coordinator rehab for guys trying to become coaches in the NFL. I like it. And, I and, and that's fine because they're going to bring the knowledge. They're going to bring that NFL intensity. You don't think Marvin Lewis and Antonio Pierce are bringing NFL-style practices to Tempe, Arizona? You better well, they're believe getting those, They're getting those kids prepared for what it takes to make it at the next level. And, and that's what we need because that will result in wins in college, all right? So 
the recruiting, I think you spelled it out really well. And I, I think you stole the whole go to the Midwest to get an offensive lineman from me. But that's well, probably. I, but I mean, we, we I, all thinking it. I, I totally agree with you. It's time you go to the Midwest. Try to get some of those guys instead of them going to Oklahoma, Nebraska, Ohio State. That's all you need is one really good one. And it changes the whole dynamic of a line. It should be easy, too, because it's like, why would you want to go to Nebraska? You're going to win the same amount of games, but you could just do it on the beach. Yeah. But this is the main thing. They have to be patient. They need stability. I told you, this is a vicious cycle of hiring, firing coaches. I know you said, oh, they gave Randy time and they gave but Al they Golden did. time. But they probably, see. listen, They Al Golden was not the right hire. Okay, let's put that to the side. Yeah, for, for this is, but, but Al Golden forget, had four and a half years. Forget Al Golden. I know, forget about it. How I don't long mind Randy that. Shannon was I, there three and a half I, years. But, like, but, how much but, more time you want? JT, that's not even a whole cycle of his guys. Three and a half years. Listen, listen to Dabo here. Listen to Dabo. You would have fired him after 2010. Listen to this. 2008, he takes over. He had never been a head coach. You mean he took over. He took over 2008. What did I say? 2008. <laughs> well, I don't 20, know where you were going. Yeah, that's the that. same thing. 2008. Clemson. He took over. They went three and two in the ACC. They went four and three overall under him. They lost in the Gator Bowl. Next year, 2009, they go six and two in the ACC, nine and, nine and five, nine and five overall. Not really that good. They had the win at Music City Bowl. The Music City Bowl, so if not, they were so eight and five going into that game. So to, so to prove your point, so you're saying Dabba won nine games in his second season in Clemson, right? He won eight. He won eight. nine with the, with with the Music City game. Al Golden didn't even touch nine wins. In Can we years. get off of Al Golden, please? I gave you him. Fire him. That is fine. They should never hired him. Dude, I'm talking about Randy you, Shannon. He, he, yes. was only, he was only there three and a half years. I'm not saying that was a terrible firing, but you go look at it now. Guess what? You keep doing that. We're never going to have a stable program if you keep firing Randy Shannons after three Three and a half years, because Clemson could have done it. Listen to this. Two and a half years into his into his tenure, all right, at the end of two and a half, in 2010, JT, Clemson went four and four, six and seven overall. They lost in the Meineke Car Care Bowl. He could have easily been fired at the end of 2010. They kept him. He goes seven and two, 10 and four overall in 2011. Still lost in the Orange Bowl. Then... 2012, he goes 7 and 1, 11 and 2. 2013 goes 7 and 1, 11 and 2. Now, why I bring up 2013 is because they got smacked that year to Florida State, right? It's all looking nice. Oh, but then you know what they were saying at the end of 2012 about Dabo? He can't win the big one. He's not going to get us over the hump. They could have fired him again at the end of 2012. They got smacked by Jameis in Florida State in death valley that night and you know what people were saying they're not even on the same level as florida state they could have easily fired them but they realized what would that do that would set them back four to five years maybe even more so again they could have fired them after 2010 they could have fired them after 2013 i'm not saying manny diaz is Dabo sweeney but at some point sure these programs like these programs need to have stability have patience let him go through a cycle and a half to two cycle of his players and then see what he has. But you got to get him help. Some of that, you said it, is on the AD, is on the board. You need to pump more money into the program. You need to get him help with his assistant 
in particular, coordinators. There's a reason now we're seeing it. There's a reason why Rhett Lashley is not a head coach somewhere. There's a reason why Rhett Lashley had to go SMU to Miami and not SMU to Ohio State. There's a reason, JT. Yeah, because he made a bad mistake and thought he was going to use UM as a springboard, and now he's trapped. All right. That was that was good. We needed to get that off our chest, JT. So let's go to our f- favorite segment, weekend predictions. We haven't done this in a while. We might be a little rusty. You don't even have the game list. All right. So you're just you're a genius. Just get you're, to it. Yeah. you're a genius. Let's just go at this. All right. We're going to start with Miami, of course. Virginia, UVA at Miami. Who you got? UVA. Ooh, I'm going to. Hey. I'm sticking with this. No, you got to pick Miami now. After you I know. Said, you know I said, the guy, give him time. Like, I said, who's going to beat us in the AC? Can I give my answer, please? I'm going to. You should have said Miami and just moved on. I said, I'm sticking with, with my team. I'm sticking with C A N E S Canes. Jeez, let me, let me, let me build up the drama. My goodness. You did, you did that for 30 minutes with the Canes segment. All right. Arkansas, this is this is maybe the big one. The noon game, high noon, Arkansas at Georgia. To be honest with you, I have not got to watch a lot of college football just like we're traveling. But I, I, legit, I don't know if Arkansas is as real as the record is, but they sound like they're pretty good. But I'm going with Georgia. I mean, Coach C made a believer out of me. I mean, they're still going. So I got to say that I'm going with them. Shout out to, to Coach C. Listen, I'm going Georgia. That defense, Arkansas coming off a big home win. There's going to be a letdown on the road between the hedges. That's a tough spot. Question, I, question real quick. You've watched Georgia play this year. I have not. Is Georgia, I've seen very little. I've seen very little. From what you've seen, is Georgia as good as Coach C hyped them up to be in the preseason? I think they're getting there. Okay. We're, we're going to see. We're going to see this weekend. All right. We're going to see this weekend. Listen, how all these other great teams are losing, Ohio State, Clemson losing twice, Georgia keeps doing what they got to do to get the Bama. So this may be just as big, if not a bigger game, Cincinnati at Notre Dame. Ooh, it's a revenge game. (laughs) And JT, listen to this. I believe Cincy's favored by Vegas in this game. Well, I picked Cincy as one of the top four teams, I believe. In the, in the preseason, so I'm going to roll with them. So right. I don't you, like Notre Dame. Yeah. You know what? I'm with you on this one. If Vegas is saying since he's favored on the road, they know something. They know something. There's going to be a lot of money put Brian on Notre Kelly's Dame. going to be emotional going back home. Well, it's at Notre Dame, but he is uh, playing well, his old team. That's true, then. Right. Another SEC showdown, Ole Miss at Bama. Bama. Even though I like Matt Coral. Yep. I do too, but I've got Bama. All right, NFL, some big games. You said earlier the Panthers probably could win this week. I don't think you realize who they're playing. Panthers at the Cowboys. Panthers. Wow. Okay. I'm taking the Cowboys. They're they're looking strong. I like I like how they look. I hate to say it. All right, so I'm taking the Cowboys. You've got the Panthers. This is maybe the big one. Cardinals at the Rams. Rams. By far, they're the best team in football. I got I got them, too. I got them, too. This is kind of a sneaky good game here. Ravens at Broncos. Oh, two, two good defenses. 
I like the way the quarterbacks are playing, but I can't go against Lamar. Like, it's, it, that's just my guy. Like, I always trust the Ravens and him to get it done. No, that's a good pick. I'm going to go the Broncos and JT. Because you love them. No, 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 no. Bradley Chubb ain't playing. You know that. Right? I know, I know, I know, I know. <laughs> I'm going to go because of what Vegas is saying. You realize the Broncos are a half a point favorite in this. Is it a home game for them? It is. But okay. still, the Ravens are coming off of, you know, two dramatic wins. Probably could be three, you know. But they beat the Chiefs. I mean, no one would have ever thought if you had said this four weeks ago, the Broncos are going to be favored in this game, right? So I'm going to go Broncos. And then, of course, the Sunday night game, Tampa at New England. I think I know who you got already. It's got to be Tampa because if Tampa loses this game, then the question I asked you about Carolina possibly winning the division is a serious question. We're just not joking anymore. Right. I told you this before. I'm sure you got the feeling. I'm going New England here. I think Bill Belichick dials up a Bill Belichick special on defense, contains Tom, and they win in the fourth quarter. I think they may win by 10 points. Yeah, I think they might. I think they might. We will definitely be posting this, by the way, so. Uh-oh. He's just doing that because now he thinks my picks are not good. So he. Wants I mean to that put... too, but I mean we got to stick wow. to the system. He posted to, them all last wa- year. So. Wants to put me on blast. All right, whatever, whatever. All right, JT. So great episode. Great to talk NFL. To be Absolutely. back. Great to be back. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I'm, I'm glad you can make time for the fans and for myself. Thank you, JT, making time <laughs> in your busy schedule for Don't us. Don't get too used to it, man. I just might. I might pull a disappearing act again. So treat me right while you have me on the show. I always do. To the fans and listeners out there, thank you for listening to us. We couldn't do it without you, nor would we want to do it without you. And please remember to subscribe to JT and the Don All Sports Podcast. We can be found on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, the iHeartRadio app, and whatever platform you listen to all of your other favorite podcasts. And remember, if you like what we do, leave us a five-star review and JT... If you don't like what we do, leave us a five-star review and also follow us on social media. Our handle JT and the Don, we can be found on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. So JT, great job, man. Until the next episode. See ya. Peace.